Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get Certified Together program is created by Technocofe, your free online knowledge sharing website based out in London. And same goes for business continuity planning. So, so we are planning for business to continue. Maybe in in any in case of a disaster, or maybe in case uh, suppose your team member leave your organization, then business should still go on, right? You cannot simply stop the business right there itself. Issue with a team member, or when there is issue with your server or application on which you are working on, things should go on as they are. Business continuity simply means your business is always continued. There is no stoppage. There is no halt between the functional. Hello, good morning, good evening, everyone. Welcome again in another episode of the Get Certified Together series. This is episode number twenty-three for the program, and episode number eight for specifically the CCSP series. Now, before we dive into today's topic, the reason why there was no episode last week was my website was actually due on renewal, and I had to pay another another uh, I guess around hundred pounds to to make it uh, run for another one more year. So I was confused whether should I really be investing money again in building up and keep running that website. If you haven't checked that out so far, then you can go check that out technocoffee.com. For first year of course I got some discount from both my domain provider as well as WordPress. So my website is actually running on WordPress. Uh, I got discount from both of the parties and it was okay for first year but you can assume if there is no revenue, if there is no input or intake from anywhere then of course I am simply putting my money in something. But this project for website which I started was my kind of a dream project. This is something which I started and which I did something for my own. for the first time and i was really not in mood to just scrap everything of course i have put in lot of efforts to write all the blogs and uh, publicizing a bit uh, among my linkedin my linkedin connections and among my twitter twitter followers i was not in mood of uh, removing that website so i paid it again <laughs> uh, there was no choice i I paid it for one more year. That's why I keep on suggesting to you guys if you really want to check some amazing stuff on maybe cloud, Kubernetes, cloud security, then please go and check that website out. I am putting in lot of efforts to manage the whole layout, manage the whole visualization, write all the content by myself. I suggest you guys can check out. I of course changed the layout and now it's more towards having a podcast oriented website. So I am planning to upload all the transcript. I am I'm in middle of converting all my episodes into the text format and then I'll upload as part of like transcripts on that website and so I'm doing a lot of modifications as we speak in my day to day work whenever I get time. Of course I request you guys again to check that out and if you have any suggestion or comment 
you can let me know i can improve it better for the community for everyone who want to gain some knowledge in cloud or cloud security or infrastructure from infrastructure i have another news to share with you guys i came up to this new buzzword in the town platform engineering it really excited me because this is something quite new a lot of people are now talking about they're talking about it so i missed the cloud wave cloud was already in it kind of like a production level stable solution when i started working in cloud so i missed that cloud wave then i missed the kubernetes wave as well when kubernetes was new i was not aware of it and only when people start using it on production level then i i started working it on myself and then i missed a whole whole devops wave as well because devops is something which is already in place for 10 years they just changed the changed the naming convention new tools were introduced new software came in as open source community grew and again i miss that wave as well platform engineering is something completely new and i really don't want me to miss out again and if you are keen on knowing more about platform engineering and how how it is different from simple devops and what are new things coming in the market how it can help you help you to learn and grow more into this it information technology field it's a good opportunity for all of us who have missed the initial waves of so many things which are happening around so it's good for all of us and i strongly suggest like i said it's relatively new it started uh, two years back and now there will be a platform conference happening in i think it's happening in may so you guys can check it out it is completely free i am also joining it for the first time i'm also submitting one talk if they approve my ideas or if they approve the kind of information or kind of knowledge i want to share i'll be one of the speakers so i am putting all those things up to to share to the to the community of platform con and if they approve then i'll be one of the one of the speaker there as well so it's quite exciting and i wanted to share with you guys because uh, you are my regular listeners and like i said if something i am doing new or something i am learning new i am completely open to share with everyone who are listening to this podcast so that you guys are aware that what trajectory i am going on and if you really like or if you want to come with me then we can go on this whole journey together just go and check it out about platform engineering i am planning to write something about it on my website as well and of course you can get a lot of information online again it's an open source community people are looking more towards it there are some questions as well whether this is something different to devops or is just a renaming of uh, just a fancy renaming of devops but i feel it's something different and i'm sure when you guys read more about it you also will feel that it is not devops it is something more than that and that's what's fascinating about it and if you if you miss the wave of cloud if you miss the wave of kubernetes if you miss the wave of uh, devops then it's a good opportunity for all of us to come on board and and work together to grow and learn more about this platform engineering and how does it really work so that's one thing i wanted to share with you guys another thing i wanted to share is finally the ad placement work i relooked at my previous episode and advertisements were completely at the same place where i expected them to be finally i figured that out so from now onwards you guys won't be facing similar issues and i haven't received any comment or any suggestions this week for any of my previous episodes so 
it seems like either i am good to go or either no one is listening and i i know p- some people are listening because i can see in analytic i think we are good to go whatever we have done whatever suggestions which i received i put them in my in, in my next episodes and i made sure that uh, they are not repetitive that's uh, that's not a good sign if you are doing same mistake again and again another thing i wanted to share with you i promise this is the last thing before we move into today's topic i i can i still cannot share share with you the organization's name but i am actually switching from my existing role to another uh, to a different role so currently i am a cloud consultant and most of the time i am just uh, managing the stuff and guiding people out how to how to do particular deployment or what kind of uh, issues they might face in future the kind of issues they are having currently and they they need my help to uh, to speak in front of customer and uh, explain out make sure everything is working out absolutely fine in the end so from this kind of role of course it sounds interesting and it was interesting as well but from this kind of role i was missing actually the real hands on stuff where i have to log in into terminal and do everything myself so i am going from a big organization which i am currently in to a relatively smaller organization because i like to work in smaller organization where where you have a better say in what kind of work you are, you want to do or you have better say in the future vision as well you can you can suggest anything new which is happening in the market and that particular thing can help out your existing organization as well people are open to suggestions so i really like to work in similar kind of environment i have worked before as well and i was i was missing this and i am moving is something similar in my next role and from fab onwards i will be working there of course i will be based out in united kingdom only so my time zone my household everything will be same and there won't be any delay or any unexpected scenario where i have to stop my podcast episode because i am shifting my household if you recall i have done it during comptia when i was coming from singapore to uk but now it won't happen because i am staying in the same place uh, only thing is i have i have to travel all the way from london to cambridge once or twice a month so that that all depends and i will share of course with you guys all the information once i be there i have my first hand experience how it feels like and what new things i am doing in and of course i'll share everything with you i'll keep you guys posted in this podcast channel only how how things are working out there all right now it's i think good time to dive into today's topic and before today's topic this is the advertisement break i was talking about let's wait for advertisement to run through and then after this advertisement we can start our podcast episode everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the fileo fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. All right, welcome back. So before we start today's topic, let me just run through the syllabus. So by now you must have downloaded CCSP DCO file from the Cybex document which I told you guys about. If not then get the syllabus from ISC square website get that pdf it is very important because we can actually see what topics we have covered already and what what things are still pending for us so for domain 1 we have already understood about cloud computing concept we know by now about cloud reference architecture as well different kind of service models different type of uh, cloud deployment type cloud deployment models different building blocks of cloud technology 
We have understood about security concept relevant to the cloud computing. So we have covered cryptography and key management system, access control, data and media sanitization, network security, virtualization security. Last week we covered about common threats. So if you recall, common threats are data breach or data access, someone trying to hack into your data, someone trying to breach into your data or someone causing your data to lose altogether. Then of course, malicious insiders, distributed denial of services. So there are a lot of common threats threats which are quite relevant to the cloud computing and if you want to be a cloud security professional you need to understand about those threats as well so we have covered everything and if i if i try to visualize to you guys me as a cloud security architect or you as a cloud security architect by now have understood about cloud computing concept you know how many different ways a cloud can be deployed or how many different ways any cloud user can avail cloud services now you also know about different type of security concepts related to cloud computing what you need to know what you need to make sure that you are covering when you are trying to understand or trying to anticipate any risk or any threat associated with your cloud computing solution or with the organization's cloud solution so you are by now aware of security concepts related to cloud computing as well also we covered last week about secure data life cycle so we by now know that data is one thing which we have to make sure that it's always secure and and to make sure that this particular part is always covered you need to know about data life cycle you need to know which data is to be created how it is stored how if if it's not required how we can archive it how we should transfer it from one location to another because everything is connected these days application run on different maybe on your mobile device application is running which is storing your data onto the cloud any file you are uploading on your OneDrive from your laptop is actually going to OneDrive cloud location outside maybe in Azure or Microsoft data center. So everything is running on cloud and uh, you need to send data from one point to another point, point A to point B. And we need to make sure that that particular channel is secure. Maybe we have to use encryption technologies for that. Data lifecycle is quite important. And of course, last but important thing about data lifecycle is deletion of data. You need to make sure you erase it or you remove it completely so that it's always irretrievable no one can come in and get hold of your data once even though you thought that you have deleted everything even though you deleted your data maybe it's still there in form of uh, blocks and bits so someone can hack into your disk storage and get hold of your data so make sure you you are removing it completely or you are at least making it harder for anyone to retrieve so that's why we heard about or we talked about the concept of overwriting you dump in information on top of information and on top of information so you actually make it harder for anyone to come in and take hold of your information so we are aware of Everything by now, all these concepts, all these key critical things relevant to the cloud computing and cloud computing security. Let us understand about disaster recovery and business continuity planning today. By name, you can understand disaster recovery sounds like there is a disaster and you are trying to recover something. Simple uh, definition, right? From the name itself, I'm not going in detail or I'm not going in technical terms, but that's simple plain English. And same goes for business continuity planning. So, so we are planning for business to continue. Maybe in, in, any, in case of a disaster or maybe in case, uh, suppose your team member leave your organization, then business should still go on, right? You cannot simply stop the business right there itself. Issue with a team member or when there is issue with your server or application on which you are working on, things should go on as they are. Business continuity simply means your business is always continued. There is no stoppage. There is no halt between the functionality or day-to-day -day work. So let us start with BCP or business continuity planning first. Now BCP is a risk management strategy. 
It is built to ensure organizations function responsible for driving its business continue to work in unexpected events. Like I said, your team member left the organization or maybe your application is down. The location where your server are, there is a physical or natural calamity there and your whole data center is down. You need to make sure that business still keep on continuing. So it is a risk management strategy. You are not directly directly ensuring that your information is secure. You're not directly ensuring that attackers cannot attack you. BCP is not a cyber security or it's not an information security strategy. It is a risk management to make sure your business keep on continuing. So in security terminology, if we can understand if, if we want to correlate BCP with security is if you have an attack on one of your location or if you have a cyber attack on one of your application, you still should have application running on some other server or you should still have maybe a backup of that application on older version already stored in some part of your server. And whenever you anticipate or whenever you observe that your application is being hacked on or someone is uh, some intruder is already inside your application, you can stop that application right away and you can start shifting your traffic or your, you can start shifting your existing customer to some other application which you have deployed for this just-in-case scenario. How we deploy that application, why we kept that application at the first place, the standby application, because we had planned a BCP, because we have planned in, in advance that maybe something can happen, some kind of attack can happen off on one of my location or one of my applications. So I have to ensure that there's a standby site or I have to ensure that there's a older version of same application which might not have same kind of vulnerability like the one which is being hacked. We can shift users real time from the active to that standby site or to that st standby application deployment. This whole strategy is part of BCP and that's how and that's the role of BCP in cybersecurity, information security or cloud security. Now we have to understand why BCP is important. By now you might have guessed that it is something related to business and of course business gives you money. Business is giving you the employment, business is giving you jobs. The consumers, the end consumers which are using your business application or the, the kind of business which you are providing to the end user if you are a software-based company, if you are a, if you are even a small, small coffee shop and you are providing coffee coupons to your end users and customer and you are ensuring that those coffee coupons you are keeping track of them on some simple cloud-based application, you have to ensure that that application is always up and running. If something goes wrong with that, you, you will lose the trust of your customers. They are quite important. Even that 5%, 10% discount is quite important for them. And you need to make sure that you are trustworthy and you need to make sure that you retain that trust. And that's why BCP or business continuity planning is to help that your business is always working, your business is always up and running without any interruption and that's the core benefit of having bcp at the first place and often most important requirement is the availability of necessary services and resources and of course their uptime and their own demand accessibility so let's go to the same example of a coffee shop user what you want is that your customer to come in and they can have their coffee coupons the moment they click on the app which you ask them to download at the first place they are able to get the coupons they are able to get their mem membership access right away then and there itself. If there is any delay or if there is any issue in accessibility of that application, he gonna complain to you and you as a cloud user will complain to whoever build your app at the first place. And if you really are a bigger organization who are building that application in-house and then putting into the cloud, then that organization will put all the pressure on the developers who develop that application. So again, 
on demand accessibility is one of the key thing which bcp is ensuring because just understand if there is a failure to do so there will be major repercussions maybe you will lose your earning maybe you lose opportunities or like i said it will diminish your confidence the confidence in you from your customer so your customer will lose the confidence which they have in you they will lose the trust and it's going to impact everyone cloud user cloud provider application developers who build those application anyone who is part of the whole hierarchy directly or indirectly if they are responsible for building the application deploying the application maintaining the cloud infra on top of which that application is deployed anyone who is part of that whole circle whole cycle will have negative impact on their business therefore it is very important that every company have up to date bcp plan and why i said up to date because cloud computing is a new concept maybe some organization can have a bcp planning already in place they have ensure that how to how to make their business run in kind of any interruption or in case of any any issues related to any unexpected event but that they have planned based on older technologies or based on traditional deployment now moving to the cloud things are changing deployment types are changing we have different kind of deployment model we have some application now running on private some application running on public so things are changing now and we have to make sure that those application or those cloud infrastructure which we are building those are also considered as part of new business continuity planning so we have to always keep on updating now for example even we can talk in term of cloud as well earlier they used to be simple virtual machine running on top of cloud now we are deploying container based application we are deploying kubernetes orchestrated application or containers things are changing and we have to make sure that our bcp always considers those new things which are happening in your business which are happening in your that kind of technology which you are using so business continuity planning need to be updated it need to be always up to date with the market always up to date with the kind of business which you are running even business models change the kind of application which you used to sell or the kind of business which you used to do 10 years back or 5 years back might have changed by now for example take reference of covid earlier everyone used to go to office and the whole model of working was different everyone used to access access directly from the from the corporate environment the corporate network and used to work from inside the premises now with work from home you are giving this opportunity of your employees to work from any remote location and still they have to connect back to corporate network whole whole paradigm is changing now and you have to make sure that your business continuity plan always take in consideration any new things any changes which are happening in the way people are working way your organization is delivering the products and way your organization or way your developers are deploying the application on top of the cloud and how you are managing your cloud itself as well so a lot of things are changing a lot of things changed in past 3 4 years and your bcp should be updated with that so we have by now understand what is bcp and why it is important let us understand how we can make sure that we can implement that bcp properly without any gaps of course there can be any gap uh, once bcp is implemented it is like i said should be always up to date and update can only happen if you keep on reviewing the plans as as we go as people keep on working they can change or modify based on based on the recent developments but some of the things which you can understand in advance before implementing is one thing 
cloud we already discussed that is a shared responsibility and cloud security comes with a shared responsibility between the people who are deploying application on top of infrastructure people who are managing that infrastructure and people who are using that infrastructure so whenever something happen with your application there are a lot of stakeholders there are a lot of uh, different team different parties who are directly or in- indirectly impacted by that and to make sure that your business is always up and running all those parties all those stakeholders need to come together need to have information about how to make sure that your business is always continued so first assessment or first building block of making sure you are you are creating a proper bcp or business continuity plan is make sure you take in consideration all the stakeholders you get their inputs and you get information from them what and how they feel what kind of priorities they have and what kind of uh, fear or what kind of uh, threat they feel can come into your business if something goes wrong and second to make sure uh, you implement a proper solution for bcp you have to take in consideration how you are ensuring life cycle management of your application and your data we have already covered life cycle of data in previous episode remember creation of data archiving storing and transfer if in case not required then proper erasure those are life cycle of data same way we have life cycle of application as well of course application need to be created first only then it can be used by end user if you are using a onedrive or if you are using gmail in your mobile phone someone have created it at the first place then only you you are able to use it right someone have to create that application someone have to make sure that application is always up to date application have all the fix always and is always highly available what i mean by highly available is application should never go down application should always be able to do what it is intended to do if you are using gmail or if you are using onedrive while you are uploading something and or while you are sending some important mail that application hangs or it crash or due to some unexpected reason it, it stop working then it's a loss of your business right maybe i'll think to move over to some other email service it is lost to business for people who are managing gmail or people who are uh, managing onedrive that's the part of life cycle of applications so same like life cycle of data we have life cycle of application as well and to make sure business always continues and make sure that application is always up and running we have to understand that life cycle management of application is equally important as life cycle management of data so again this will come in form of maybe taking regular backups maybe having a proper migration strategy in case your one application in in case your one particular application goes down on one particular site then you should be able to either switch it over to another site or redeploy to another site or maybe simply migrate the traffic from the existing down site to the standby active site you can have lot of different ways to create strategy for that that is not actually the part of ccsp but you should understand in the terms of business continuity how you can ensure your application or your data is always up and running always accessible and last but not least when i say business is getting impacted or business loss is happening to any organization it have implications in term of revenue loss and of course if i am a cloud user i am facing revenue loss because application which i asked my cloud provider to host that application is not accessible by any reason then someone have to pay for it right someone have to pay for the loss of revenue which i have and of course someone have to recover it on time as well i cannot keep if my application is down i cannot just 
stay put and think okay maybe it will be up by another two days or three days it doesn't work like it you have to make sure that there is a proper service level agreement sla is defined between different stakeholders there should be a rto rpo we have already covered rto rpo in comptia concept just just a reminder so you can check there someone have to define all these things so someone have to write them get them signed between all the stakeholder all the concerned parties and then only people will follow say for example a particular application should be coming up in two hours as part of agreed SLA then it should come in two hours and if in two hours it's not coming up then someone have to pay for it so that is also a part of business continuity plan as well so BCP covers your uh, end-to-end planning from how to ensure that uh, your application is not down at first place if it's down how to make sure it it is getting recovered or and if it's still not getting recovered in a particular time period then who should be penalized for it or who should be bearing loss for for the revenue or loss of the uh, income or profit wow bcp seems like a big topic i thought bcp is quite small but there are a lot of things to cover in it let us understand about disaster recovery now while bcp is the strategy to keep business continuity disaster recovery is framework to recover lost application or data we have created the plan from business continuity planning, but we have to make sure that if by any chance or due to some unexpected scenario, application goes down or your data is lost, we have to retrieve it or we have to shift maybe our existing user to a standby site, like I said, from active site to standby site. That all concept of uh, migration or make sure that you recover your a lost application is part of disaster recovery. So like I said, in plain English, there is a disaster and you are trying your best to recover from that disaster. So that's disaster recovery. And of course you have different strategies for that. You can create an active standby site. You can create a hot way of deployment where you have two active sites. You can create a warm way of deployment where you have active and standby. So there are a lot of multiple things by which we can actually plan our disaster recovery. We can maybe put load balancer in front of our application. We can, for data, maybe we can start putting our data replicas into another site, maybe completely another physical location or completely another region of the cloud. So there are a lot of ways in which we can ensure that our data, which is impacted our application which is impacted due to a disaster is able to recover after some time of course there will be some time maybe it will take one hour maybe it will take 30 minutes depend on the kind of uh, impact you had in for that disaster at the first place and what kind of strategy you had put in place in advance to make sure that disaster recovery time period is less but there will be a time gap there will be some loss of business but at least we'll be able to recover from the disaster which happened at the first place all right, moving on from disaster recovery and business continuity, let us understand about cost benefits. Now, cloud computing have cost benefit, we know by now, right? One of the primary reason we went to cloud computing based deployment is to save cost. If you recall, I told you that we can share the workloads, same server can support different application together, multiple users or multiple tenants can come in and deploy their workloads transparent to each other. So all these are benefits of the cloud and those cloud benefits are actually in terms of cost are actually in terms of money, which anyone have to put into their solution or put into their deployment at first place. The upfront cost for any organization to deploy anything or any solution from scratch is too much for any organization to be a reason why I say it, it's more critical than ever now because of environmental, you won't find this, this particular logic anywhere, but why I feel it is more important than ever now is we all know that uh, 
because of environmental concerns there are regular questions been raised about running any server on your own premise because you have to give that server additional cooling you have to purchase that server at the first place so you have to build those server after 4 or 5 years those servers need to be replaced and will be replaced by a new server advanced server old server will be scrapped and it is quite a big environmental overhead if you think from the perspective of uh, from uh, from a environmentalist or simple human means and it's similar to like everyone having their own car why why we always receive this kind of guidance that more often you should travel with public transport so that you can share the you can share the uh, the effect on environment you instead of using your own car for everything try to use public transport and actually if you think over it it's quite similar to what we are having in term of cloud deployment as well so if everyone build their own infrastructure they have to manage it they have to build the whole cooling system around it they have to make sure that power is there to to keep those server up and running instead if you all share together a common data center then you are kind of like saving the environmental overhead you are making sure that you are doing little from your side as well to save the to save the effect on environment uh, maybe uh, people have a logic from other side as well aws and azure data centers are getting bigger and bigger now and they also have a environmental overhead of course but we cannot we have to find a find a middle way then we cannot means every every side have their own pros and cons what i really want to say is it is more expensive now than ever to deploy and create your own infrastructure or to manage your own infrastructure of course cost is rising initial purchase cost is there you need a team for everything to ensure that someone is there some engineers are there to build that infrastructure from top to bottom for you guys so it is a big ask for any organization to build everything on their own and that's why cost benefit analysis is very important now question might come into your mind how cost benefit analysis is maybe related to cloud security why we are studying about cost benefits in cloud security this is what my logic is reason why they put this particular topic into this cloud security documentation or cloud security ccsp exam syllabus is a cloud security architect should know why the cloud is deployed at the first place and what kind of benefits it is giving at the first place and cost is one of the key benefit we all know that a security architect or security team have big power in their hand if they tomorrow decide that some server or some particular part of infrastructure or some particular part of network is not secure is causing is having a risk and should be removed or should be should not be there at the first place they can they can take this up to the higher management and and of course with bigger and bigger security risk we are having these days management might think over to maybe move from cloud based deployment back to the traditional way because cloud is not secure maybe they can come up to that logic i'm not saying it happens but maybe it can come so from cloud security architect point of view they have to understand that why we went to the cloud at first place what kind of additional cost benefit or what kind of additional maybe resourcing benefit it gave to any users at the first place and you cannot scrap those things those benefits right away you have to think over to find better solution to secure your infrastructure secure your cloud computing solution instead of scrapping that thing so that's why it is important to learn and know about cost benefits now let us discuss about the supporting point of the cost benefits by now you might have guessed what are these but i'll just run through with the pointers which i have actually noted while i was studying myself 
of course, lesser time to deploy and fix things in cloud-based deployments. You need lesser time to deploy and lesser time to fix the things at the first place. There is no need to visit the infrastructure facility. There is no need to visit the data center. You can do it with the help of cloud service provider and they can do for you. There is more concentration on building business value application instead of focusing on management of the infrastructure. So again, it comes to the same point. Instead of hiring engineers who maintain your infrastructure at first place, you can hire the people who are only working on application. So maybe uh, I am an infra engineer, by the way, and it's against me, but I, I completely understand if I'm not required, if I'm not managing anything in-house of an organization, then that organization instead of me will hire someone who know the application and who can build the application, which is giving a real revenue to them. They will hire the expert for that particular domain instead of spending money on me or any engineer who is building the infrastructure. So that's one of the advantage or one of the benefit as well. Of course, there is a reduction in capital expenditure. If you don't know capital expenditure, it is the upfront cost which we have to invest to buy anything. Maybe we have to buy server, we have to buy cables, we have to buy network equipments. Those are capital expenditure. And now because you are moving to a cloud-based model, you don't need to buy anything at the first place. You need to only pay as you go. So if you recall that model, pay as you go model, it is connected to this part. So the points which I have covered it will give you guys a fair idea of cost benefit analysis. And like I said, even though it seems unrelated with cloud security concepts, as a cloud security architect, it seems relevant because you should know at the first place why your company or why the, why the organization for which you are working on is using cloud deployment models. It's not something you can tell them that uh, this particular thing or this particular deployment is not secure. So just scrap it. It cannot work that way. So you need to understand what kind of cost benefit this particular design or this particular cloud service deployment give you. All right. Seems like this episode is getting a bit longer, but but anyhow, I am doing it after two weeks. So let me quickly cover one more topic today before we end this episode. I was giving you a hint about that topic in previous from past two episodes. This is about security consideration anyone should take when they are working on a particular cloud service model. So if you recall, there are three basic or three common cloud service model software as a service, infra as a service and platform as a service. Today, I'm only going to cover about infrastructure as a service. And in next week episode, I will cover about platform as a service and software as a service. Why we need to plan our security based on the cloud service model? Because every way of deployment or every way of service have their own challenges, different challenges in terms of responsibility, in terms of the way things are working. They are unique and we have to make sure that first we understand what are different cloud service model we already understood by now, how we can secure based on the type of service model, which any organization or which my organization is using. So that's why this particular topic is very important and it should be very interesting as well, because now if I say we are, we are sort of covering the real cloud services security. And that's why I was quite excited about this particular topic since past two episodes. And I really want to cover this one topic today before I end today's episode. So let us start with infrastructure as a service. Infrastructure as a service is most basic form of service model. Most of the ownership stay with the cloud user who is deploying their infrastructure on top of the cloud layer, which cloud service provider have provided. Remember we have discussed about hypervisor, virtualization layer, physical server, all those three layers of the stack are still with CSP or cloud service provider. So if you are using AWS, you don't know where AWS physical servers are, what kind of virtualization they are using, uh, what kind of operating system they are using on top of their hardware. 
you are completely transparent of it. You got one graphical user interface and on that GUI, you can then start deploying your infrastructure, which is a virtual machine or containers, whatever you, you want to deploy. And that that's part of infrastructure as a service. That whole model is infrastructure as a service. Now, most of the ownership is with you. Reason why I say it is you are responsible for deploying virtual machines. You are responsible for handling the traffic on the virtual machine opening the ports on virtual machine, how the networking is working among your virtual machine to the internet. And of course, what kind of operating system is deployed on your virtual machine. On top of that operating system, what kind of application you are running on virtual machine, who is managing the patching of the operating system which you deployed, or the application which your developer installed or deployed on top of the operating system which you created as part of virtual machines. Uh, I'm sure it's confusing for anyone who is uh, listening it for the first time. Maybe I'll go a bit slower. So virtual machine, on top of virtual machine, you are installing an operating system. And on top of that operating system, your developers are installing some application. Maybe installing they are installing web server, they are installing a database, or maybe they are running any, any application which you can think over. Just think over any application that is actually being run on top of an operating system. So someone had to make sure that all stack from top to bottom till your virtual machine is secure. Someone had to make sure that, right? And that's why infrastructure as a service is most critical and it have larger surface area to get attacked. And it is very important for any cloud security architect to understand about what are security considerations someone have to understand while they are working on infrastructure as a service. So let's start from the bottom of the stack. Very first security risk comes on in IAS on hypervisor level. Now you might ask hypervisor level. I just now told you guys that it is something which is managed by CSP. Why you as a cloud user should be concerned about it because Cloud security is a shared responsibility. And if someone is using infrastructure as a service, cloud security team should be aware that there might be a risk associated with a real hypervisor, which is deployed and which your virtual machines are using. So you cannot simply think and stay put like I have make sure VM is secure. I have make sure that top layer is always secure. Then I'm okay with it. Cloud security again is a shared responsibility model. And you need to make sure that CSPs are doing their part and how you will make sure that CSPs are doing their part. If you ask them about how you are ensuring your hypervisor security, if you know at the first place, what kind of risks are associated on the hypervisor level itself. Like I said, it is slightly tougher to go all the way down to this layer and hack into the system because like it is transparent for you. You cannot go into AWS system. Of course, it is bit tougher for any attacker or intruder to directly attack hypervisor because this is something he is also not directly have any interface with. He is also not aware, but there are chances that someone can still go and hack into that hypervisor layer. And just remember, if they, they are able to hack into this particular hypervisor layer, then implications are larger because now all the virtual machines deployed on top of hypervisor can be impacted and can be hacked into if you have access to the base layer on top of which VMs are installed. So that's why hypervisor layer is important. Even though if you are coming from a cloud user perspective, it might not concern you directly, but you should be aware of how hypervisors are secured and what kind of security risk are associated with the hypervisor. So some of the things which I can think of is maybe maybe the drivers which are installed on the hypervisor or the physical server are not up to date. Maybe the host operating system which is installed on hypervisor on top of which you are installing your application or your virtual machine. 
maybe that host operating system itself have some CVEs or some vulnerabilities associated with them. So all these things can actually be part of, uh, can actually be covered as a security risk to your hypervisor. And you should be aware of them. You should know that attack can come from that side as well. If you are a security architect, you have to observe and think from where attacks can come. And hypervisor is one of the way from where attacks can come. So you, that's why it is important to know about hypervisor-based security and how, how CSPs are ensuring that hypervisor is secure. Other targets for IES models include exploiting or attacking virtual networks connecting different virtual machines. Your virtual machines are a virtual infrastructure, but they in turn are connected with each other. They have to communicate, they have to send traffic, they have to send data between one point to another point. And of course they are connected to internet as well for maybe if you are running a web application on top of your VM, then that that a web application need, need to have an internet connectivity. And how this is built by using virtual switching, virtual networking. And, and just like traditional networking, traditional switching, virtual networking and virtual switching also have equal amount of threats associated like for example DDoS, Mac flooding they are still relevant in even though if you are using virtual networks or virtual switches so those kind of risks or those kind of attacks which we discussed in CompTIA syllabus they are still relevant if you are moving towards a cloud-based networking or cloud-based deployments and of course last but not least patching of the application or patching of the host operating system which you are deploying on top of your virtual machine who is making sure that those part is up to date who is making sure that the version which you are using or the release which you have installed in your application is up to date is not having any vulnerability that is one of the key concept and as a as a cloud architect or as as a cloud security engineer we have to work with the infra deployment team or with the application team, uh, the developers, what kind of release they are using. And if a particular release have a particular vulnerability, then we have to tell them in advance that you need to fix it. You need to patch it up with the, with the available release or the next release. So everything is still same like it used to in, in a traditional way of deployment. Even though we are moving to a cloud-based deployment, we still have to make sure that those traditional concept of security concept like uh, network security, access control, patching, they are still relevant. And and they still need to be there if you want to understand about security consideration for infrastructure as a service. I think today's episode was a bit longer, but that's all for this week's episode. I hope we get something new to learn this week. Let us revise the concepts again before upcoming episode so we can have better understanding of today's topics. In my next episode, I will restart starting with revising what we did till now and next topic of the course, including security risk for platform as a service, software as a service and about certifications. Boring topic. I really don't like it. I really didn't like it while I was covering for CompTIA as well, but we have to understand what, what are different type of certifications, what are different type of organization standards, which are relevant and which are which any organization or which any cloud security architect have to make sure that they know about it, they are aware about it. For example, HIPAA, PCI DSS, GDPR, they are quite relevant even though we are moving from traditional to cloud-based deployment. We have to understand about them as well and they are part of CCSP syllabus. So we cannot do anything. We have to learn it. No choice for any of us. All right, that's all for this week's episode. I forgot to give you guys weather update. Uh, in London, it's back to minus five. I'm not really sure what is happening here, but back to cold and back to winters. Anyhow, if you are living in sunshine area, then enjoy the sunshine. We are missing it a lot. And if you can, please invite me. I'll be there. I am missing the sun. Goodbye. Good luck. Thank you for listening to Get Certified Together. 
If you loved our content, then please like and subscribe from your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss the notification for our next episodes and announcements. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.